Deuteronomy chapter 8. Y'all ready? <coughs> so listen, I've been draining, dealing with some allergies. So last week, <clears throat> we started a series entitled, I'm in a relationship and it's complicated. And so we talked last week about dig deep and so many confirmations the Lord was making to uh, Christ Center Nation uh, people. And we've been hearing it all week that the Lord has been telling me that and, and talked to me about that earlier this year. This is a confirmation for that. And I encourage you that as you hear the Lord, the word of the Lord come to you through the word here. I'm asking you that you let us know that this is a confirmation. The Lord is definitely speaking to me. And also, I want to encourage you to do what the Lord is telling you to do. Go get it. Go after it. So this week, I want to move forward. And like I shared with you, we're not doing uh, Christmas sermons per se, um, but we are doing what the Lord is talking, telling us to do. So we'll see that maybe in this series, we'll have something that goes along with this time of year, maybe. But right now, let's go for it. You ready? Deuteronomy chapter eight. I want to read starting at verse 11 down through 18. Now, we're using uh, this for our launching pad, but we'll go up probably starting around verse one uh, in our time together today to try to, to kind of look at some of the things. But I really want to give you the assignment to read all of this one through 18, maybe in your personal devotion. And as God lifts up nuggets out of this talk to you today, I want you to uh, go back and do some self-study. All right. Dig in there. See what God is saying to you. Our time together is not all of your. We talked about that last week. It's not all of your diet. It is some of. But you got to get in the kitchen. You're in your spiritual kitchen and cook and find out what God is saying to you as uh, he lifts nuggets out of here that really register in your spirit. So let's go. Verse 11. Chapter eight, Deuteronomy. It says this, beware that you do not forget the Lord, your God, by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command to you this, this, this day or today, lest when you have eaten and are full, you have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, when your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, do not forget your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the, to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained this or gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power 
to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers this day. Hey, this morning, as we go further in the series, I'm in a relationship and it's complicated. I want to talk to you from this thought. Here it is. Don't ghost me. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you now for what you have impressed on my heart, what you have imprinted in my spirit to share with your people. I thank you now that you are giving me a prophetic edge as I share this word, the message that you have downloaded to me. I thank you now that you are giving me the words to match the sight or the, the picture that I see. Thank you for allowing me to communicate today in such a way that all will see what you are showing me and your other prophets in this time. So I ask today that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought, agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus name. Amen. Don't ghost me. All right, let's go. So when I was in school, when I was in high school, we would use the term ghost. You know, it is kind of new in pop culture. But uh, when I was in high school, we would use it to kind of talk about people who maybe after the game or after the party or after the school disappeared. And, you know, we would say, hey, we looking for Ray. Ray got ghosts. Where did you go, bro? You, you left. And so now, though, ghosting is used in a term uh, that speaks to dating. That's what uh, ghosting is kind of uh, aligned to right now. It's a term that refers to abruptly cutting contact off with someone without warning or without explanation. OK, even when the person who is being uh, ghosted reaches out, the person who is ghosting doesn't respond. OK, it's called ghosting because it simply involves disappearing from a connection. And so nowadays it's on online uh, dating that we're finding ghosting because, you know, when things shut down, people started doing more online dating or online connections, virtual connections. And so when it was a connection that didn't really work for them, they would just not respond anymore. And we're calling it ghosting. Mm. Here's what research shows. Research shows two primary reasons and I'm jumping in quick because I got a lot to say and I can't mess around at the edges today. I got to keep it going. So uh, based on research, two primary reasons why people ghost others. And it's often the combination of this two. It is not just one or the other. Sometimes, you know, they'll flip in, in their position, but here it is. The reason people ghost, number one, it's the easy route. It's the easy route. It's the easiest way uh, to ghost somebody or to the easy, easiest way to disconnect is to ghost somebody because I do not want to have the awkward conversation that says I'm not interested. Okay. It's the easiest way. So people ghost because they don't want to sit down and take the responsibility of having communication to say this, not, this doesn't work for me. I thought it was something that it's not. 
I thought I was going to be into you, but I'm not into you. And uh, I just want to make this disconnect. And so instead of doing that, it's easier to just disappear. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the reason people ghost is option overload. <laughs> In internet dating, you have so many different sites and so many people on different sites. It's easy to be like, eh, this, this doesn't work like I thought it was. Let's see who's out there. Let's see who else is that. Okay, who's next? Okay, let's see what else we got right here. I got 10 clicks. I think it's how it works. Somebody swiped right on me. 10 swipe rights. I talked to the boys about the about their uh, their sites that the teenagers use. And it's really interesting. You can swipe right if you like somebody and it'll let you know or let them know that you swiped right on them. I think that's the way it works. And if you swipe left, right left. It's like, I'm not interested. Don't notify them at all. And so what happens is there's so many options that it's easy to say, yeah, let's go. Let's go next. Yeah. This is not working out for me. Who's next, <laughs> you know? And so there's two options. It's easy. I don't have to take the responsibility of having the conversation or I got so many options that I can just move on. Okay. So watch this. What we find out in our relationship with God that we operate the same way, okay? I wanna stick a pin in that for a second and I wanna go here. In our text today, God, our God, is a God who likes to get out in front of an issue. This is how he operates. He gets out in front of it and I appreciate him for that because he realizes that a thing could go another way. It could turn out differently because he's all knowing. He realizes that his um, creation that is uh, autonomous or uh, what, what's the word there that we use? Oh, free will agents, that his creation whose free will agents can go another way. And he says, I like to get out in front of a thing to be able to manage damage control. Pastor, what you're talking about? Here it is. In Revelations chapter 13, verse 8, it makes a reference to the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. It's amazing how we see that at the end of the Bible, but it's really talking about the fact that before Genesis was ever uh, made, what happens in Genesis as it relates to creation, that before creation ever happened, God said, I want to get out in front of the mess that was going to happen in the garden with Adam and Eve. And so instead of messing up the route of getting my creation back to me, or, or this relationship that I'm going to have with Adam and Eve that I'd love to have with everybody. I want everybody to be in paradise. I want you to be fruitful and, and multiply here in paradise. But I realize, Adam, that y'all going to mess this up. So I want to get out in front of it and give people another way to get back to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, I want to get out in front of it. It's the same way that he talks to the children of Israel. And he says to them, uh, I set before you today life and death. Blessings and curses. Because I realize that you guys don't always make the rest the right choice in your free will agentness. 
I want to give you a clue. And he says to them, choose life. I want to get out in front of it. Because I want to make sure that my investment in you, that our relationship stays alright, And that way I need to get out in front of it because we don't always my creation doesn't always make the right decision. That is the God that we serve. And I appreciate God for operating that way because when he gets out in front of a thing, that means that he gives us what we need before something happens. Listen, to maintain the relationship. I want to give you what you need to make the right decisions. Look at Micah. Well, you don't have to look at it, but Micah chapter six, verse eight. I love this. Here's what it says. Here's what Micah prophesies. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Here it is. Do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He says, I want to, God says, I'm going to release this word. It's going to be printed in my book. And if you want to know what I want from you, I'm going to get out in front of it. Here it is right here. He says, what I require of you is to do justly, do right by people. Be just, not vindictive. Come on, not punitive. Look how y'all looking. Not judgmental, be just. He says, then I want you to love mercy. Wow. Because in doing justice, in being just with people, there's going to take time. There's going to be times with justice needs to also be coupled with mercy. And he says, and then with that, he says, I want you to make sure that you walk humbly before or with your God. Because God gets out in front of a thing and he wants to make sure that the outcome does not get affected. Are you hearing me? He not only operates that way by getting out in front of it. Here's another way he operates. God operates that sometimes he uses the opposite of what we ask for. In order to get us ready for the blessing that he is going to give us. That sometimes we pray for a thing and he says, "Okay, yeah, that that can work. I'm down. That's in line with my will. But sometimes I got to take you the opposite route. Because if I walk you right into. The thing that you're asking me for, you may blow it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not always ready for what we think we're ready for. And God says, it's okay because I know how to get out in front of it. And before I give it to you, because the weight of the thing that you're asking me for could crush you. But I want to get you ready for it because I do want to bless you. I do want you to have it. But I also want you to keep it. Look how you're looking. I want you to manage it and it not manage you. Look how you're looking. Yep. Because some of the stuff that we asked God for, if he gave it to us right then, we will start worshiping it. We will start letting it tell us what to do and we'd forget God. Look how we looking. Yep. 
And he says, no, I got to take you through some things to get you ready for the thing that you're asking me for. So here's the deal in the text today. What we are taught as preachers is that we need to always give hope. We always need to leave the people with some hope, particularly when we are teaching lessons that are um, admonitions or warnings or corrections. It's important that we leave the people with hope, right? Well, in this text, it's a mixture because this text actually opposed to it being a warning and then hope. This text gives us a model of hope, warning and hope. So it's cool for me as a preacher today, I can just let the text work and I don't have to uh, do what, you know, I don't need, I don't have to work hard on the back end to encourage after the Lord gives us a warning. All right. So here's the thing. This text that we read is indeed a warning, but it's not just a warning. It is also an announcement that I'm about to bless you. Listen, people of God, I keep telling you, <laughs> I keep telling you that this is the season where God is pushing his people forward. I keep telling you that and in doing that, he is doing that by saying, I'm about to use you, but I'm also about to bless you. Come here, come to the front of the line. I know you've been struggling. I know you've been, it's been hard for you, but I'm about to use you come to the front of the line, but I need to make sure that while I'm introducing this blessing, I also give you a warning. Are you ready? I want you to look at verse one of chapter eight. We started at 11, but I want you to look at verse one because God introduces something here. He says this eight and one, every commandment, which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which I swore to your fathers. Wait a minute, God. What are you saying? He's saying, I'm about to bless your socks off. <laughs> he says, I'm talking to you this way. Because I know my people and I know that my people have the potential to mess up the come up. So I want to get out in front of this. And even in this holiday season, I'm sending Tim Fryer to you to give you this message that I'm about to bless your socks off. But I do not want you to mess up the come up. This is your season. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm not prophesying gifts and I'm not talking about three wise men and I'm not talking about the baby in a manger. And if you need that, I'm sure you could swipe up and somebody's preaching about it. But right here, God is saying, I am announcing to you in this Advent season that I'm about to bless your socks off and I do not want you to mess up this come up. Somebody put in the chat. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. And I'm being careful with my words. God is saying, I want you to be careful to do what I've been telling you to do, because the way I'm about to bless you, you got the potential to jack this up. OK, God, I hear you. How then, God, 
How did, how is it that we can mess it up? He says, you can mess it up by ghosting me. Y'all ready? Let's jump into the text. So I say, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. I hear, I hear exactly what you're saying because the, we have the potential mankind throughout the history of the Bible. We see God's people that God, God delivers his people and pulls his people close and his people love on him. But then his people get distracted by the gods in the other lands. And then they start running off and chasing other gods. And then God allows them to go into captivity so they can learn the lesson. And then he says, okay, that's enough. Y'all come out and I'll bring you out again and bring you to me. And they say, yes, God, we worship you. We honor you. And then things change in the land and the gods get their attention again. And this is the book of the, the book of the Bible is really a story of God's love for his people who keeps leaving him and he keeps bringing them back. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And we got a potential to mess up. But God says the way you mess up is by ghosting me. So I said, OK, God, what is it that we need to have in place so that we do not ghost you? He says, I'm just going to give you two things for this because I want the people to really get it high level. What is it? Number one, he says, I want you to remember. Write this down. Remember. Let's look at uh, verse two. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two. I'm going to read through four. And he says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart. Come on, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, with uh, with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers, that he may make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But that man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, your garments did not wear out and your foot, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So stop. What God is saying, I want you to hear me. I am Tim. He's what he said. I'm about to bless my people in a way that they've not seen before. Revival is coming, not just spiritually but physically. And he says, Tim, tell them, don't forget that I was the one who brought them out of the mess that they've been in. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. He says, also tell them, don't forget that I'm going to be the one that brings them into this new land, this blessing. I'm going to be that one and not to Forget it. He says, he says, when you were hungry, he tells them. I was the one that fed you in the wilderness. But God says it, it wasn't just a feeding. It was a miracle that brought about a feeding. He says, because what I fed them with in the wilderness was something nobody had ever seen before. That's why they call it manna. What is it? God created a substance 
to give them what they needed. Look in the wilderness, but he created it in a way that they couldn't hoard it up because it only lasted for the day, which means at the end of the day, it was normally moldy and they couldn't consume it. So God created what they needed in a way that always led them back to him. And he says, Tim, remember, tell my people to remember that I have shaped their perspective. What's the perspective? The perspective is that I don't live by bread alone, but I live by the word that comes out of God's mouth. In other words, God says, I have taught my people that I am their source. Don't forget it. I'm your source. I know you got manna, but this manna does not last. You can't, you can't even have leftovers off of this. So you got to have an expectation of me every day. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, pray in this manner. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me what I need to sustain me, but yet give it to me in a way that leads me back to you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And God says, the way you don't ghost me is that you remember that I'm the one that brought you out. I'm the one that held you in these hard seasons. I'm the one that's been keeping you alive. I'm the one. I'm the one that brought you up through a family that seemed as if they didn't care. And it was hard times. I'm the one that brought you out of that alive. Some of your buddies died in the streets, but I brought you out alive. Come on. I'm the one. God says, don't forget it. Don't forget that I took you through the wilderness to prepare you to be able to receive the blessing. See, this is the part, y'all, that I think we miss sometimes because we want God to bless us so much that I think we forget that the hard way we went through was God's way of saying, I'm going to bless you, but I don't want you to lose the blessing. So I got to take you this way so that you can embrace receive and keep the blessing. God, I thank you. Somebody ought to put in the chat. Thank you for preparing me for this season. Thank you. I know I complained all the way through the last season, but thank you because you're getting me ready for the next. I know I was mad at you and I was stomping and I didn't want to worship and I didn't want to give and I didn't want to go to church and I didn't want to have nothing to do with you. Don't pray for me. Don't read me no scriptures. I'm mad. But he says, I was training you. Tell him, thank you right now. Thank you for training me for this blessing you're about to give me. Because if it wasn't for you, I'd botch it up. I'd mess it up. I'd fumble the ball before I got to the goal line. And you kept me. And he said, if you are going to keep or stay in a place relationally that you do not ghost me, you have to remember that I'm the one. Can I go to the next one? And I'm going to be out of here. I got to go. Here's number two. Number two. Number one is remember. Remember, I'm the one. Here's number two. If I'm not going to ghost God, what I got to do, God, he says, beware of options. Beware of options. This is the thing that has shaken me to my core. This point right here. He says, Tim, my people leave me because they feel like they got a whole bunch of options. Oh, Lord. God, but don't I? <laughs> Let's look at the text. Look at verse eight through 10. Deuteronomy eight says this. Therefore, 
You shall keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord, your God. Here, here's the part that makes me want to shout. For the Lord, your God is bringing you into a good land. Listen, this is it. This is it. Listen, if you say to me, I don't know, Pastor, I'm still struggling from paycheck to paycheck. If you are listening to this message, God is saying to you, I am positioning you to go into the land. You don't just happen upon messages like this. If God has not intended for you to go to this next place. So get all that cry out your mouth. Come on, get all that weak milly mouth to get that out your mouth and get ready to go in. You can't go into a good land with a bad speech. He says, uh, he says, for the Lord is bringing you to a good land. Watch this. A land of brooks. Of water. Of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. Y'all, listen, as God is talking to me about this, he is reminding me of the message that we just the series we just came out of, of unlocking more, because in the season where things are going to get tight and high, if you do what I say, he says, you're going to eat bread without scarcity, unlocking more. See, look, don't keep letting the devil. <laughs> OK, let's not blame it on the devil. Don't keep letting your foolish self rip you out of a space and a time where God is speaking to you because your feelings are in the way. Because you're getting distracted by other stuff. God is speaking and the devil is in your ear saying psst, psst, over here, over here, psst, psst, do this, go here, listen to this. And God is saying, oh, that's on you because I'm putting my word right in front of you. <laughs> I'm putting my word right in front of you. And what's amazing to me is God has been linking the chain for months now. <sighs> Watch what he says. He says, uh, you'll eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing. A land where, whose stones are iron out of whose hills you can dig copper. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. I want you to understand something about God and how he blesses. The blessings of God are multiplied to his people. God is not the one blessing God. Are you hearing me? Because he's big and he is multifaceted. So when he blesses us, he blesses us in a multifaceted way. It is like when there's a seed that when he says to grass come forward in creation, it is a seed but the seed in the grass seed keeps multiplying and reproducing. 
So God is not one dimensional. He is multifaceted and his blessings are the same way. Come on. When I think I, I mentioned the other day, I may have mentioned, but when he talked, uh, called Lazarus out of the grave, he didn't just say Lazarus come out of the grave, but when Lazarus comes out of the grave with life, he's still bound. But God says, when I bless you, I don't just bring you back to life. I make sure that the life you come back to is a life of freedom. So when he comes out of the grave, he is bound in grave clothes. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, loose him and let him go. It's not just one dimensional. It is that you are alive and free. Y'all not, not hear what I'm saying. Come on. Come on. Oh, I got time. I'm messing up my time frame. But the problem with us is that when we ask God to bless us, we only see blessing in one dimension. And God says, no, Tim, I bless multifacetedly. I hope that's a word, but I showed just it made it an adjective right there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So then he says, I need my people. Watch this to beware of options because options are dangerous. But wait a minute, God, when I read this text, didn't you just give all these options the land? Flowing with milk and honey. Or in this case, this land that has, look at what it says in the land. It says, I'm going to bring you to a good land of brooks of water. That's a brook is, is water coming one way. Watch this. He says, of fountains that spring up. And he says, of springs. So, but wait, you're giving me water in three different ways. You see what I'm saying? So he's giving us wheat and barley. He says the text says that he gives vines, which is grapes, fig trees and pomegranates. So, God, I got options here. And he says, Tim, no, my people miss it. My people mistake my blessing. And they feel like with my blessing, they have options. Uh oh. And options get you in trouble. <laughs> options cause you to ghost God and walk off with the, uh, with another God arm in arm. Uh-huh. I'm in a relationship and it's complicated because I feel like you're giving me options. And he says, no, I'm giving you multifaceted blessings, but you, because you have a one dimensional mind about what you wanted to be blessed with. When I give you more than one blessing, you look at it as an option. But when God, who gives these people not only produce and vegetation, but he also gives them industry like iron and, and copper. He says in one land, I'm gonna give you all of these blessings. And we look at that as options. He says, no son, that's not an option. That's multiplied blessings. You only have one option. Well, what is the one option? When you have eaten and are full, you shall bless me. <laughs> one option, one option. That's the problem that we have. The problem is we feel like because God has blessed us the way he has blessed us, that we have all of these options and options bring about a false sense of security. Options lead to pride. That's what he says at the end, what we read at the beginning of this text or at the beginning of the talk today. He says, make sure that when you eat and are full, you don't start tripping thinking that you have done all of this yourself because options 
can lead to pride if we don't manage it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that we got to start seeking God as our only option. Listen, when there are multiple choices, God says there's only one option. Y'all, when we have multiple choices, so then we say stuff like, uh, um, my kid is graduating high school, top of their class. They got plenty offers from all of these colleges. Yes, they have multiple choices, but there is only one option. And you only come to that one option when you seek the face of God. So the family should come together. Just like we start doing all this college prep in 10th and 11th grade, we should be doing purpose prep in the 10th and 11th grade. We should be talking about option prep and we come together and pray and say, God, what college do you want my baby to go to? God, what do you want my baby to ma uh, major in? Because we realize that there are many choices, but there's only one option. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. God says many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the purpose of God that will prevail. Do not let options cause you to ghost God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. We got all these churches everywhere and we feel like I ain't got to stay over here. I can go over here. I got plenty of options. No, you have plenty of choices. But when God has sent you to a house, you have one option. Just because you have changed location does not mean God has changed his mind about where he sent you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor in the room where you are or online and say, you better grow up. You got choices, but there's only one option. And God says, if you get this message and do what I command you, be careful to do what I command you. Not what you feel, not what you think your options are. He says, when you do that, you're going to be in this blessing. And not only will you walk in the blessing into the land, you're going to keep it. Come on, here's, here's, here's the encouragement part. Here's your hope. This is your season of walking into a good land. He says, I had to tell you this, give you this message. To get out in front of the fact that you got a potential of messing up your come up. You have been praying and asking me to open doors, to send blessings, to bring healing. Listen, this is a season. I heard a prophet said the other day and it registered in my spirit so strong that this is the season, not just of spiritual miracles or spiritual blessings, but also physical blessings that, that God is bringing health. As we do our part, the heart, the, the journey and the fight to health ain't going to be as long and arduous as we think it was going to be or as other people have had. He says, because I'm bringing you into a land of wholeness and health. <laughs> I'm bringing you to a land where there's multiplied blessings, not just money. What people always want God bless me with money, not just money, healing, wholeness in your body, in your health, in your mind. This is the season that as we pursue God in those areas, that that thing will manifest itself without as much work as we think we have to put into it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So you got to give attention to what he says. Be careful to do what I'm telling you to do.
<laughs> yes. Remember, beware of options. Options will make you think that you have plenty of pathways. And no, 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 no. That's what the world says, that there are many roads leading to one God. That's universalism. God says, no, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the light. So although you may have many choices, you only have one option. Man, I'm preaching real good today. I feel God all up into this. And he says, don't ghost me. Because I'm about to bless your socks off. Stay with me. Listen to what I'm telling you. And listen, as your pastor, if you ain't getting God here, go somewhere else where you can get him. Because if you're looking for anything else other than a word of God here, you're not going to get it here. I'm not going to preach what's going to make you feel good. I'm going to teach the text. And if you come at me on it, I'm going to tell you, let's go to the text. Because my job is to put you in conflict with God, not with me. Let's go to the text. What does the word say about it? What is God breathing right now? That's why I give you the history of the text, what's happening in the text. But that's why I bring it to what God is saying today. And what God is saying today is that, son, I bless you in many ways. And you may have many choices, but you only have one option. And that option is don't ghost me. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you right now for your favor, your love and your kindness toward us. I thank you, Lord, for giving us. Not just the word of warning, but also the word of introduction, introduction into this season of blessing and manifestation. I thank you now for multiplied blessings, but I also thank you now for laser sharp focus that we will realize that there's only one option in the midst of many choices. God, I love you now. Release, release, release in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, listen, if you want to give your life to Christ right now, which is a good season. This Advent season, the season that Christ came into the world, this is a great season for him to come into your life. There's a number here at the bottom of the screen. Just text new life to this number. And we got a team waiting to talk to you, lead you to Christ and set you on the road to spiritual development. That's what this is about. Spiritual development. Also, if you're here and you want to join Christ in a church, and you keep saying, hey, man, I just feel like God is speaking to me here. I think it's time. Let's do it. Text that number and the number uh, text the word um, connect to that number. Team is waiting to get you plugged in. I'd love to be your pastor. Listen, man, my prayer for you is that you have a great holiday, that Christmas is full of love. But but here's what I, I want to say to you. And this is going to be your blessing. I declare contentment in your spirit and wholeness in your soul this Christmas holiday. That there is peace on earth, you. We are made from the earth. Peace on earth and from you goodwill toward men. I pray God gives you peace in your house, joy, love, contentment and wholeness in your soul. In Jesus' name, I love y'all. I can't wait. Hey, listen, I'm, we doing prayer tomorrow. Okay, jump on with me at prayer at noon. We're going to be praying. Go ahead and register for the, uh, the, the special. And I'll see you then. But I'm excited about this season, y'all. I'm excited about this season. Don't ghost it. I'm excited. I love y'all. I'll see some of you tomorrow 
on uh, prayer at noon. Others I'll see you on uh, Friday for the, uh, the special. I love you. Have an amazing week. See you soon. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today.